Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends, God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I have a new and dear friend with me today, and her name is Charlotte Easley. Charlotte is an amazing woman. We were just talking about how we met over Clubhouse about a year ago, (laughs) and then we got connected through a mutual friend, Kelly Buckner. And so I am so excited to have you on the show, Charlotte. Welcome. Oh, I'm so thankful to be here, Ren. Um, I just love what you're doing, and I just love talking about all the things that we share in common. <laughs> oh, man, we do. We share a lot of things, but I, I want to go back because I wanted you on the podcast because, number one, you are an amazing woman and a godly woman, a wise woman, and you are also a therapist, and so I like, I need all the Charlotte in my life. You know what I mean? So like, I, we're, we're going to hear from it. You're going to bring it today. And so I'm excited, but, um, but tell us a little bit about you uh, at your point in life right now. Okay. Well, and actually I am an LCSW, which is a licensed clinical social worker, but I actually closed my therapy practice in December um, to devote time to my coaching business. And so I am working with um, women, Christian women specifically, um, moving forward. And I think that as my my therapy practice, I worked in trauma, I worked in Um, specifically, I was trained to work with sexual trauma. And um, that's just part of my God journey, we'll talk about in a minute. But um, as time went by, and I got older, and our lives changed, and our kids were living in another state, and our grandbabies were coming, it just was um, time for me to make a switch. So I pivoted, actually started over again, instead of pivoting to um, create a new private practice. And that's with coaching women who just are looking to be more aligned in their faith and who want more than just getting through the day. Mm, Yeah. And I thought about a few words that describe you. And when I talk with you or hear from you or hear you talking and, or just even read what you've written, I feel so, um, that you make space for people. You make space for people and you, you're very calm and joyful, but you do make space. And I, I love that about you, that God has given you that gift. And as a therapist, that is coming in so handy because that's what all of us need. We need to be able to have space when we go into situations and, and daily, you know, making that space. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to go into your story and talk about something amazing you did when you are 56 years old. <laughs> and I want you to tell everybody what led up to that. And then tell us, what did you do at 56? Well, um, uh, our youngest was graduating from 
high school and both of our children were away in other states going to school. And um, it was just what Brennan Manning calls a second journey. And <laughs> when the things of the first season are no longer serving you and it's time to move to something else. And God is, I knew, my husband and I both knew that there was something for me to do and that I wasn't done. And I feel like God is you know, he's pouring into us every day and those experiences and those testimonies of trusting him and knowing him, um, he uses those no matter how old we are, right? No matter what's going on. And I thought I'd be doing this wonderful volunteer position. My husband called me a professional volunteer because I was the homeroom mother, the football mother, the cheerleading mother. You know, I did all those things. And I'd always loved women and the way that they thought and the way that things that they dealt with. And I'd always been like mentor mom or been in Bible studies and groups and things. And then our youngest was going to a military school and I knew I wasn't going to be able to mother him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I have a Bible study that we've been together for a long time. And I really believe that community is been God's running thread of grace through my life. And uh, I had been praying for me for about a year. And lo and behold, about halfway through his um, first year in college, I found myself sitting in a master's of social work program at a little Christian university down the road from us with a bunch of 20 and 30 somethings and talking, uh, creating timelines of our lives where cultural events in the history had happened and, and where, how old we were. And mine was like six pages long. There's were all like two pages long. Mine had, you know, <laughs> Kennedy's assassination, wow. Martin Luther yeah. King's assassination, yeah. the pill, the big, mm. you know, Roe versus Wade. And wow. they were, you know, talking about the internet. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the internet, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. And um, it was just this wonderful opportunity that God mm. just opened um, for me to, really become open and curious again, because I had to learn, you know, been like 40 years since I'd been in school, I had to relearn how to study, how to research, how to do wonderful things. And I love to learn. So that part was easy. I mean, only he could have chosen where I ended up doing my internships. The first one was at a rape crisis center. And the second one was at a therapeutic writing center. And I, I, I just had this passion for learning in the agency where I was, loved women, they empowered women, they believed women could be great leaders, and they poured a lot of knowledge and confidence into me, um, plus a great skill set, and um, I combined those two loves and did equine-assisted psychotherapy in groups. <laughs> Awesome. And till uh, about a year ago, and I retired from uh, actively facilitating those to focusing more on this coaching adventure that I'm on now. Yeah. So it's um, God, God, it, you know, it, and I had to say to him almost every day, if you're not doing this, I can't. 
because it was so, you know, overwhelming and there was so much. Um, I love that you said creating that safe space because I don't think that I've always known how important it was for us to have a safe space to, to show up as our real selves and practice being our real selves and practice vulnerability and being open to the things that God has for us and that healing that happens in, in a safe space and in relationship. And so when you are going back to go to school, what led up to that where you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Like we're going to, we're going to go all in. Was there a moment when you knew you wanted to help others? Well, everyone had been praying for God to break my heart for something that broke his and for a passion for that and a vehicle to drive. And I just kept looking. I was just being open and curious. Mm-hmm. And there was a little ad in our con- in our county newspaper um, about an MSW program. And I called right before Thanksgiving. And of course, they were out of office. And then I was out of state and all these things. And we just couldn't get together. So the week before school started, I went in and met with these people. And they said, look, get a new transcript and be in class on Monday. It was like instant. I I knew that I loved talking with people and helping people Mm. fix things. Uh, That's one of the things God fixed in me was that I couldn't fix it. But um, it was all of the things came together for that moment. Mm. That's great. And I want to go to what you just said about God fixing us, even though we want to be fixed. We want to fix. And sometimes we even want to fix ourselves before we feel like we can come to the Lord, you know, oh, like we want to yeah. fix it before, but he says, come to me. Oh, you are weary. And you've said that before I've watched yeah. your videos and I did a training earlier with you hearing about our thought life and the importance of taking thoughts captive. So tell me about that. When you, when you realize you couldn't be fixed. That you couldn't well, fix yourself. I, let's say that. No, no. That and I think yourself. that's what, that's part of what the Bible talks about so often is that yeah. we have to be humble. Mm. And if we don't want to go there, God can arrange the circumstances mm. to take us there. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And although it's not a real comfortable place mm. for us, get it done gals. When we are there, that's where we really are allowing him to use all the things he's poured into us over the year, just to allow those things to bubble up when we're not trying to control the situation or to fix people or to give people what we think they need when he's the only one that knows what we actually need. We talked a little bit about boundaries. We are going to talk a little (laughs) bit about boundaries and thought habits and things like that today. So Let's, let's jump into that because I think as women, as moms, I know I have a problem with setting boundaries and even with, you know, uh, extending circumstances and, um, extended family that that doesn't usually come natural. I don't know how many boundaries come natural to people. Maybe some people really good at it. I'm not, I think you've said, I'm going to quote you because when you said this today, I was like, Oh yeah, you said God is a definite God that God is a God of boundaries and we need to be women of boundaries. 
And that really, that really just stood out to me because I feel like that is God wants us to have those healthy boundaries with whatever, you know, with, with whomever, but it's really for our good. It's not to block anybody out. It's not to be mean, but it really is to be all that you can be for what God wants you to do and what he wants, he wants you to have healthy boundaries. So tell us about those boundaries that we need to have as moms, maybe with young kids, maybe with kids as we're homeschooling, how can we have boundaries, uh, healthy boundaries with, to do, to get it all done? Well, I think lots of us haven't had good boundaries modeled for us. And so therefore they feel very foreign And some of the language that we are playing in our head that tells us who we are when we talk about our stories tells us that we need to be a certain way. Um, And you've heard me talk before about being a good little Christian girl. And I think that that sometimes that script has with it that if you set boundaries, you are being selfish, you are being bossy you are you are being um too much if you ask people to respect your boundaries or if you say no even to something that everybody expects you to say yes to and when I went back to school that was one of the things that was so hard in our home is because I'd been a stay-at-home mom and everyone was used to me being there for them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And suddenly I was the one studying for a test and I was the one who needed somebody to do things for me. So it's really about learning that it's really like a new language boundaries. I always talk about are like learning Spanish or something. It's like being dropped into a world where you don't know how to say the things you need to say. Mm. But the good thing is our brains love when we learn new things and we have to hyper practice and hyper focus at the beginning, but pretty soon it just becomes automatic mm. and boundary people really are. If you, if you notice the people that you really feel safe with, most of them have really good boundaries. Now you may not, they may not be your very favorite people. But they are the people where you know who, how, where you stand with them. Mm. And you can typically know what their values are, what they stand for. And when we don't have boundaries, we just are standing for what anyone else wants or needs from us. I think lots of times when you're a young mom, um, it's really hard to have boundaries because you are in that place where you are in physical care of little lives and there's not a lot of times that you can say I just need a quiet moment because you know you tell a three-year-old that you're not going to get it right right right. one of the hardest things uh, about shifting as children get older is knowing how and when is appropriate to set a boundary for them to understand but that mommy has a life too yeah wow (laughs) and, and, and for even in our other relationships with our helpmates and our, um, at work and with our friends, even sometimes we have that they've gotten uh, used to us reacting a certain way. And then we go in and start to say, you know, I really can't, um, help you with cookies at school. 
and then not say anything else, they're going to go, why? You always do. What's wrong? You know, they're going to think they're going to want to know more. And sometimes it just is about learning that language to say, I just can't this week. Ask me again some other time, but this week I can't. Mm. And letting that be enough. Because one of the things we want to do is over explain why we're mm-hmm. setting up the house. Yes. So that we don't sound selfish, you know. And mm. I used to say, I love a good excuse because that'll mean that I can use that <laughs> when I'm saying no to somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. One more question How do we set up boundaries for ourselves? Mm. for ourselves as a mom, maybe as a mom of a, uh, of a grade school kiddo, or maybe even (laughs) younger, how do we do that? Well, and here's the thing. And I didn't learn this until, I, I mean, I think I read it somewhere and it was like profound because I think that one of the things we have to understand is that boundaries are okay. Mm-hmm. That you're not mean, you're not selfish, you're not being difficult when you choose to set a boundary. And that boundaries are choices that we make. And if we don't set boundaries, we're making a choice to not set them, which is inviting either a lack of, you know, let's just say exercise, right? And you want to take a walk in the morning. You may have to really battle with yourself about how to do that it's like atomic habits yes I love <laughs> that book. How, I do too and how you set yourself up for success so that the boundary is easier to set but you also have to tell everyone starting with your husband you may have to ask for some help right and you may have to say I'm going every morning now I'm already getting up at five to do all these things. Yeah. So I would like to go from five until five thirty for a walk. That means you may have to pick this up and this up. What are you able to do? And how are we going to negotiate with this? Because I'm not willing to compromise. And that's the thing about boundaries is we have negotiable boundaries and we have non-negotiable boundaries, mm-hmm. right? And the negotiable ones are ones that we're willing to work with to make them happen. The non-negotiables may be things that, you know, that's not acceptable to me. It doesn't line up with my values. doesn't line up with my faith. I don't agree with that. I'm not going to participate. Or I'm not even going to talk to you about how that's going to happen because it's not. But the negotiable ones is, you know, you you and your husband figure it out. You talk about who can do what now that can, it's going to require a change on his part. And he's going to have to choose to support that boundary also. Um, But that's all the language of boundaries, right? And the practice, Um, it, it really is a skill. And I think we're scared of them because we also think we're going to make somebody uncomfortable. And we don't want to ask for help, right? No, that's definitely something that I think we as as moms struggle with. And I think really understanding that you have a responsibility to respect yourself and to um, be vulnerable with yourself in order to ask people. It's about your relationship with yourself, um, actually, just as it would be with anybody else. If you want to do something and you need to set a boundary to do it, then if you need support, ask for it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. If you need someone to cheer you on and help you figure out what the language is, ask for it and then go and set your boundary. It gets easier. Well, and you said earlier also, I wrote this down. You said it's deadly for us not to have hard conversations. Yeah, it is. One of the things we talked about in our call today about thought habits is most women will tell you that they hate conflict. And what happens when we don't have the hard conversations is we let things go and we let them go and we let them go until we just explode, right? And that is deadly to relationship. Nobody wants to be in a relationship with someone who's okay one minute and screaming their head off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our husbands have deer in the headlights, you know, when, when that happens, (laughs) nobody wants that. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm glad you brought up the thought habits because I think it all kind of goes together. The thought habits, the boundaries, using that right language for brown boundaries. And it's about communication. It's just all Mm -hmm. of these, these good things. So tell me a little bit about thought habits how can we be equipped to have victory over our unhealthy thoughts? Well, God knew that from the moment we stepped out of that garden of Eden and those sabers started flashing, that the world was going to be a hard place for us. And that we were, you know, in the garden, we had already fallen victim to what was true and what was not true. And I think when we were very young, we We start learning stories about who we are. And then God really talks about our thought habits often in the Bible. He talks about thinking or taking our thoughts captive about, he talks about what we should think on because what we focus on is what, you know, that's in that priming that brain. If we're focused on the stuff that God tells us to think on, then that's what we're going to notice. That's what we're going to be thinking we're going to be trusting God more. We're going to be looking for God. We're going to have that more of a vertical focus. Now, what happens when we get drawn away by our circumstances is we're caught up in the emotions all the time. And we're just, you know, that shifting sands and those waves are just tossed about all the time because the emotions come and go. But the thought processes that we have and those thought habits, you know, of people pleasing and perfectionism really keep us on an uneven keel and keeps us reacting instead of responding. Yeah. And you mentioned priming our brains. What does that look like? So our brains are these incredible organs that and God, God gifted us with that because he knew we were going to be on our own out here in this broken world and that we would be thinking, we were trying to be figuring out what was true and what was not true all the time. So mm-hmm. It means that really what you're paying attention to, what you're learning, what you're reading, what you're watching on TV, you know, our brains tend to take all of that and keep it close to the surface. It's like, oh, this is really old analogy, but when you you said water pumps, (laughs) (laughs) you had to pump that thing for about, and I really, it's been, I mean. I don't really actually remember this, but you had to pump it for a long time to get the water to come out. Mm -hmm. But what you were doing is you're getting it ready for the water to come out. So when we're on Instagram all the time and we're thinking our life should be like a Pinterest kind of a life, that's what 
when we go back into our home, we're noticing how different our home is from that Pinterest Mm. sort of, you know, creation that we've been looking at all day. And so we're just satisfied. We're really got that thing that says, I want, I want, I want, I need more of this. This isn't working for me. And um, our brains take that and puts it all together. And so that's what we're, what we're focused on is what we're going to notice more of. Now, that's why gratitude on the opposite end, gratitude practices are so effective. Because if we're constantly practicing being grateful or worshiping or pouring out praise, then we're going to notice more things to pour out praise for. We're going to notice more things, ways that God is working in our lives. If we're focused on how lonely we feel, we're going to notice things that confirm that we are really alone. The things that we're learning about our brains are just incredible over the last even 10 years about how they work and how how we perceive whether we're safe and loved and how we can stand straight with confidence or be slumped over in worry and fear is all that body-brain connection. And it's so important where we focus and that we have a vertical focus. Well, and I, I want to talk about the download that I downloaded from you from your site called 10 Thought Habits That May Be Sabotaging Your Relationships. And it is an incredibly thorough download because it is, there's a cheat sheet that I printed off, but there are so many other, there's 10 thought habits that will identify each thought habit that we have, that we, if we go through a day you know, 24 hour day, 12 hour day that we're awake, that we are going to be thinking. And so I love that at the end of that, you, you tell us how to change and that it is um, all about, we go straight to the Lord in prayer. So can you walk us through those things, those, um, the ways we can change our thought habits that you have on that download? Yeah, sure. I'd love it. I think the thought habits are so subtle that we don't always realize that they're happening. It's, it's that same thing. You know, you kiss your husband goodbye. He walks out the door, you go get the mail and there's a big envelope saying overdue stamped on it. Mm. And you walk back in the house and you go, I told him to pay this (laughs) last month. Well, he doesn't listen to me. He doesn't care. Mm. He never does anything I ask him to do. And so when he comes in the door at night, expecting that you were still the happy, wonderful wife he left in the morning, um, and you've got the cold shoulder going on, and you, he asks for what's for dinner, and you just explode. And what that is, is just slipping into those old thought habits of we're personalizing the thoughts that he did this to us, you know, it's a shame reaction because there's that big overdue stamped on the Mm. um, envelope and we're reacting out of emotions, not out of fact, because if we stop for a second, we'd realize he had a horrible month at work. Somehow, some way, I probably put the the bill under a stack of papers in my office instead of in his. Mm. But what, when we want to change those habits and when they're We're really, really tired of being reactive and we want to become the responsible, responsive women that God's created us to be. I think just first we have to start with prayer that God will help us align our thoughts with what his truth is and that we'll identify, stop, just have to stop. It's that sacred pause, learning to just put that 
emotion on hold and realize that's emotional and become curious and open to what are the facts here, Lord? Show me what's really going on with me and in this situation. Recognize the reaction and choose something different. That's a God-grounded response that's aligned with what he tells us is true about us and our relationships with other people and about who we are supposed to be in the relationships that he's put us in. And guarantee he does, he's not asking us to be responding, reacting all over the place without showing love and compassion and even asking for an explanation. And finally, just to check our perspective, that it's not, my perspective isn't that I'm just focused on my hurt or my pain or my need or my want, that I'm really looking at the whole picture and maybe that God's doing some, some kind of big work. You know, what if we were looking for him and inviting him into the conversations that we have? I think those are so good because they're so practical and they're easy to do, hard, hard to do, but easy to talk about. And then it, when the rubber makes the road, it is hard, but you have given us a guide. So tell us where we can find that 10 thought habits uh, that could be sabotaging your relationships and how to change those thought habits. Where can we find that download? Because I know that y'all will want to get your hands on this. You're so sweet. Uh, I think you can get it at my website at www.charlotteasley.com or on Instagram at the woman's life coach. You can download it either one of those places. Wow. So we've talked a lot about boundaries. We've talked about thought patterns. We've talked about how you started as a trauma therapist. Can you tell me right now you are doing women's life coaching? What does that mean? And tell me, who do you serve? Who is that for? <laughs> Okay, so um, the life coaching that I really am passionate about is helping women understand their story, that they are not what they do, that that doesn't prove their worth. Their worth comes from who they are and whose they are and how to really create that vertical focus in the day-to-day, in the practical kinds of situations so that you can show up and actually make room for the passion or the, the creativity and just move beyond those feelings of being stuck somewhere, of just getting up, going through the day, laying your weary head back down so that we can find and actually live in a state of fruit, right? Of joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, and being intentional about that. Um, one of the things from being that trauma therapist that I've learned is when we look at people with what's happened to you versus what's wrong with you, there's a whole different perspective that's sort of out of that medical model, but in more of God's thought process toward us, that whatever has happened to us, we have not been alone. I think it's even Christian women, we're so caught up in the things that we have to do and the things that are expected of us that we can get to be so alone in that process. And we don't know how to cultivate community by um, setting good boundaries so that we can seek, seek 
new communities that support us, how, how we identify our values and what do we stand for and how does that, how do we get our priorities on the calendar so that we can say no to the things that don't line up for us? Mm. I think that's such a, a great work that you are doing. And um, I want to ask you one more question before we get to the eat, read, love <laughs> segment, but what would you tell somebody that is wanting to go back to school and mm-hmm. they feel that that is something that God has laid on their heart? Maybe it's not school as an academia. Maybe it is doing some, taking a step out of their comfort zone. Maybe they want to start volunteering somewhere or start a ministry or start volunteering at a ministry, or Mm -hmm. maybe they want to go to seminary. What would you say to that woman right now? I think the first thing is pray. And um, really, sometimes that's the first thing we go to, but we need to be persistent in prayer that God really opens doors for us Mm. and um, that he is putting people in place already and that we're thanking him for what he's already put in place for us and that we have that eyes and the heart to follow where he sends us, even if it's not where we think we want to be. Hmm. And then I think, do you research? Um, God is, you know, we, he, he gave us brains for a reason. He gave us, the ability to discern. And when we invite the Holy Spirit to be part of that, we still have work to do that to give the Holy Spirit a chance to show us what's out there. And don't be afraid. I think lots of times we don't need letters behind our name to be really good at what we do. But sometimes you do have to have letters behind your name to go and do what God's calling you to do. Hmm. So it's just a matter of discernment. I think also to find some people who will speak to you truth in love and in grace, some things that you might not want to hear and be willing to listen to them as they, they help you on that journey. Because you, if you want to pursue what God's putting on your heart, you will need to be willing to ask other people to step in and support you in ways that you probably have done it all yourself. But if you keep doing that, you're going to burn up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's good stuff. All right. Y'all go get this cheat sheet, get this 10 thought habits that may be sabotaging your relationships, how to change your thought habits. And if you are in the spot where Charlotte was, a while ago, just remember what she said, seek godly counsel, pray, and then ask for discernment and God will give it. That's the cool thing is that God says, come to me, come to me. And he will, he will share that. He will show us what to do and he will give us that discernment, discernment if we come to him. So, okay. So tell us this, Charlotte, where can we find you? If somebody's interested in either getting this download or, or talking with you, where can we find you online? Um, Most I have um, charlotteasley.com is my website. I love um, Instagram. Um, I'm not on Facebook a whole lot, but you can find me there. And I think one of, I offer um, groups through the year, an intentional grace Academy for people who are really ready to do the deep dive, to work very intentionally and intensely on uh, getting to that place that they know 
they want to be that God's nudging them toward. Mm-hmm. So those are the two places. Great, 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 great. All right. So here we are at my eat, read, love portion of the episode. <laughs> and so it gives us a peek into your uh, daily life as in what you're eating, reading and loving. So tell me what is some favorite snack that you've been enjoying lately? When you sent that, uh, I kind of laugh because what we've been eating is everything because the the first two months of the year are all the birthdays and all the anniversaries uh, and all uh, the things. So yeah, we yeah. celebrate just for two months. So I've just <laughs> been everything, everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. What are you reading? I know you're reading um, something. I'm, you're probably reading more than one thing. I would well, guess. I, am. I, I knew am. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that uh, one of the things that I have been loving is another gospel by Alyssa <gasps> Childers. Have you? Yes, I have oh. the book. I have not read it, but I have it. Well, and I think for me, it's just such a good read um, about discerning what I believe and mm-hmm. what God says and do I believe what God says? And Mm. just because there's a lot of different thoughts Mm. and different viewpoints out there Mm. right now. And, um, and I love that she says our only option is God's way or not at all, you Mm. know? Mm. Um, And that it's wrong for the church to shut down the doubt because that leaves too many things undone that we We are brave enough and our God is big enough that we can help people walk through the doubt process Mm. and address it with his truth and still just stand, stand Mm. firm on what he actually says, not what we think he says. Mm. Mm. That'll preach. All right. I'm going to pick that book up back up. (laughs) It's good. Okay. What are you loving these days? Well, actually, this is funny because. I've got it on. Oh. My daughter ordered a sweater for herself and it didn't fit. And she gave it to me. <laughs> yes. That's a win. Where did she get it? And where is on, it? She got it on Amazon. <gasps> and, you know, I, I just, and I never think about ordering clothes on Amazon. And she got this sweater and she said, oh, it's too big. I said, let me try it on. Let me give and it to I, me, girl. <laughs> I love it. Okay. That's like a pale, like a green. Yes. It's yes. beautiful. Okay. I'm, I'm going to need a link. Can you get your daughter to send us the link? Cause oh, somebody's yeah. going to, somebody's going to ask me. So it's, and I think it was a real reasonably priced and it is like, cute. A war, it's like pajamas. I love oh, it. We need the pajama sweater. So yeah. we'll put that yeah. in the show notes at renrobbins.com slash podcast. Okay. Y'all <laughs> it's super cute. It's very cute. Okay. So tell us, is there anything else you want to leave with us today, Charlotte, we've talked about a lot, um, but I, w- I want to hear your heartbeat for these women that are listening, that are wanting to go further in their faith with Jesus and uh, need some encouragement. What would you tell them? I don't care what stage you're in. I want women to understand that they are enough because God says they're enough, mm. that they don't have to prove their worth one single second because they are already loved they are kept and they are called for specific purpose before the beginning of time and I think 
as women, we live in such comparison mode and such striving and hurrying. And if we could just stop and rest and understand that we just keep our eyes on Jesus, that we will understand that our story is only about that and not about the other stuff. What a great way to end this episode. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on and and really just opening our eyes to boundaries and thought habits and ways that we can walk closer with the Lord and have victory in those things. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. It has been an honor and a privilege. And you know that you were an answered prayer for me. (laughs) I just love how God does that. Y'all, she had prayed that you would be on two podcasts in the Mm -hmm. next month, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had Charlotte popped into my mind to have her on (laughs) the friends of a feather. And it's so neat how God does that because God brings to mind people that need to be on the show Mm -hmm. and he answers prayers that we didn't even know she had prayed. Well, and I don't want anybody to think that I think God's like a a candy machine that you put your prayers in. It comes out the bottom, but I think that he has specifically been asking me to pray for details and to really ask for something that had been on my heart for a while. And within three days, he had answered this prayer just to show me that he cares Mm. so Mm. intimately about details in my life. And that was, so it wasn't like he's my magic genie. (laughs) No, no. I just think that that's neat because you have had this on your heart for a while, like you said, and that God showed you uh, that he wanted that he's got you, God's got you. And, and that is cool that, that he put you on my heart to have you on the show. And so I love that. that is awesome. And I love that he is, God is in the details and he wants us to pray specifically because he cares for us specifically. So thank Mm -hmm. you again, Charlotte, this was such a joy to be with you. Amen. Thank you, Bram. Thank you for joining me for today's show. For more encouragement, hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.